Oh, welcome back to another week of Seven Days to Rock and Stone Comic Book Fridays. How are we doing there, Kev? Pretty good, Rye. How are you doing this week? Oh, I'm doing all right. Doing all right. I uh, can't say I'm super thrilled with the return to later hours at the mall, but, uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, what they decide to do, push you back cold. to nine? Yeah, just for Fridays, Saturdays. Um, and then Sundays, we're back to 6 p.m. They're still in us close at 7 uh, rest of the week, which is great. And we're really still not seeing traffic after then. And because, you know, uh, people are used to the, the shorter hours. So I hate to say it, but um, later. hate to say it, but the mall's kind of dead. I mean, there's new stuff coming in there, but really, like, they, they're not doing anything to bring people in later. Like, the only thing that brings people in later than 7 is the movie theater, and uh, there really isn't much beyond Doctor Strange that's bringing in traffic late like that. I mean, we all saw it. We saw Doctor Strange. We saw Doctor Strange. It was so good. Oh, yeah. It was so good. Yeah. After our last week's podcast, we decided to go out and see Doctor Strange before we got spoiled, and it was it was glorious. I think... Yeah, and, uh, you know, it- if you're on the fence or you like watch videos that are critical or something, just go see it. Just go see it for yourself. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I was kind of upset after watching it, listening to all these people bitch about right. it. I, I really feel like people put themselves in their own uh, personal hell when uh, we're talking about media, like because they set up all these expectations for themselves on what the product's going to be and. You know, yeah, you want X, Y, Z, but like you also have to be flexible uh, to judge the product that actually arrives fairly. And you know, yeah, maybe you don't get what you want, but maybe you get something different that's interesting. Like, yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I was listening to someone tell me today, or yeah, not today, yesterday. He went and saw Multiverse of Madness, and he went and saw Morbius. And he said Multiverse of Madness was crap, and Morbius was the best movie he's ever seen. Oh, that's he's just an uncultured swine. Uh, the, he's he also said the Batman was the worst Batman movie he's ever seen, and Robert I'm Pattinson sorry. can go kill himself. It, so this guy, obviously, what? everyone knows, all he does all day long is eat pieces of cheese that were frozen from a cheese whiz bottle. That's as uncultured as I can think of that this particular person I was talking to at work was. Uh, That's gross. Yeah, he's a swine. I I, I, <laughs> I I lost it. I had to have someone hold me back. I said, are you, are you kidding me? Hold me back, bro. Hold me back. I said, Jared Leto is the worst person alive right now. And it's because yeah, I he mean, ruined... Beyond, like, his just bad acting, he's, like, literally a cult leader. Well, other than that, the fact that he, every every co-star who does an interview about him, or a candid interview about him, tends to say he's the worst person to work with. Because he takes the role way too far, especially with the Joker. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we mentioned it at, at the top of at least one of these podcasts that, uh, you know, he's essentially just a bad method actor. He just, you know, takes the the role in the wrong direction, but he takes it like a million miles in the wrong direction instead of like uh, starting he's, small and then building on it. He's a juvenile actor, and he's... 
I'm not saying that, that he hasn't had good roles because there's a few movies that I can I can live with with him in it. Well, I mean, obviously he hasn't done so bad because if he was that bad, he just wouldn't get roles. I just all. want him to stop doing superhero movies altogether. That would be ideal. Please stay out of the comic book world, Jared Leto. It's not good for you, and it's not good for my heart. I, I mean, ideally, uh, Morbius just doesn't show up after that movie. That'd be great. Yeah. So that segues into sort of what we were ta- what we're planning on talking about today. Yes, yeah. So uh, we're we're gonna chat about MCU, and uh, I actually have uh, two nice little gems uh, for that. So we'll get into that later. Uh, but first, let's go over the books that came out this week on the eleventh. Hit me five eleven. So we got X Men number eleven from Marvel. We got Moon Knight, Black, White, and Blood number one. That's a compendium of a couple of uh, unique stories, uh, you know, featuring that character. They've also done Electra, Carnage, Wolverine, Deadpool, uh, Black, White, and Bloods, and they're pretty interesting. They're not just like a nice little like group of stories about those characters um, that aren't like part of a whole series. They're just uh, kind of one-offs. Um, you have Hulk versus Thor, Banner of War, Alpha One. There's the first Captain America symbol of truth, number one, Sam Wilson. So we talked about this a little bit last week, that there's now going to be two Captain Americas. There's going to be Sam Wilson, and there's going to be Steve Rogers, and uh, they're both going to have their own books, and there'll probably be crossovers between them. I don't know the full extent of like what kind of books we're looking at. Um, probably something to set us up for Captain America 4 when that comes out. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it is giving uh, like a little more breath into someone taking the mantle of Captain America. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. Uh, what if Miles Morales number three? Uh, so I read the first two; they're really interesting, kind of really nice uh, retakes on Miles Morales's uh, origin story, as if he's these other characters. So definitely a good what if series. Um, Shang-Chi, number 12. Star Wars, The Halcyon Legacy, number 3. And King Conan, number 4. So that's it for Marvel this week. Cool. Just a couple of books. Uh, nice little break before we start getting into uh, Judgment Day, which is coming in June. Uh, that's going to be Avengers versus Eternals versus X-Men. That's good. I like that. Yeah. I heard something, speaking of Miles Morales, I heard something about the Spider-Verse today. Oh, yeah? What'd you hear? I I thought I heard that the Spider-Verse is going to be uh, cut from the comics. What do you mean? Uh, Let me look it up. I'm trying to find it. Like like they're going to take the inspiration from the books? No, like they're going to stop doing the books altogether. Well, I don't think there's been a a Spider-Verse book for a while. Uh, yes, Marvel does the unthinkable and announces the end of the Spider-Verse. I mean, I don't really understand what that means, because they haven't put out a Spider-Verse book for a while. Like, you already have the characters in the main Marvel Universe interacting, like the main 616 characters. So, like, Miles Morales is technically from the Ultimate Universe, and he's definitely still a main character of 616 now. He actually is traveling the multiverse um, as 
having something to do with the like spider web. I think it's an. I think it's a. All of them. I believe it's an event. So it seems like what they're planning on doing is they're. We'll see the arrival of the edge of the spider verse, and then sometime towards the end of the year, we're gonna see end of the of the spider verse. So it seems like it's an event of some kind. Okay. Maybe maybe. Uh, I think the article is just confusing in the way that it uh, it portrayed what was happening. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's based off of like fragments of information and stuff like that. It's probably we'll based see. on rumor, whisper. Yeah. Um, horseback rider career what? in the night. Sorry, I was just trying to think of things that are less than a whisper. Gotcha. Uh, courier in the night, a ghost of a courier, possibly. Uh, uh, part in the wind. Wow. I'm sorry. Did you finish your your comic book? Uh... I, I finished Marvel. Oh, let's. Uh, Who's and, next? Uh, we got DC. DC. We got Wonder Woman seven eight seven, Superman, Son of Kal El number eleven, Batman Urban Legends fifteen, Batgirls number six, I Am Batman number nine. Suicide Squad Get Joker number three, Jurassic League number one, Future State Gotham thirteen, The Sandman Universe Nightmare Country number two, Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes number three, Naomi season two number three, Batman's Night Compendium edition one. Uh, that brings us to Image. So image we see Spawn three twenty nine, crossover number thirteen, Noctera number ten, The Scorched number five, Time Before Time number twelve, Farmhand seventeen, Eight Billion Genies number one, Lady Mechanica the Monster of the Ministry of Hell number four, Image First the Department of Truth number one. Loaded Bible, Blood of My Blood, number three. Image Firsts, Noctera, one. The Walking Dead Deluxe, number 38. Image Firsts, Firepower, number one. So you have a, a bunch of um, these Image Firsts, so they are reprinting firsts of those series, which are interesting. Yeah. A good way to get into the series. Okay. And then there's a couple from Boom. So we got uh, Mighty Morphin, number 19, Seven Secret, 17, and Grim, number one. Uh, there are a lot more books that came out this week. Check it out on leagueofcomicgeeks.com. Uh, there's just a lot, really a lot to go through. So I'm sure you don't want to hear me list all of them. So uh, go and check it out on that website. You can check out past weeks. You can check out what's coming up next week. And all the stuff. So yeah, that's that's the end of our books for the week. Now, how would you like to uh, to approach this? Do you want to? So before we get into like what's going on now, I have some little fun ones. So you know, we know about the Tobey Maguire Spider Man. We know about the Ben Affleck Daredevil. We know about like early Marvel stuff. But do you know about the 1990 Captain America movie? I did. You did? I did. I'm sorry. That's all right. It's probably a big reveal moment for you, but I actually did know about that one. 
Did well, you know good. about the failed attempt at a Fantastic Four movie back in the I think it was early nineties, eighties? Did yes. That have you ever have you seen pictures of the thing from that thing? Yes, it is. It's wild. It's you should it's really not, check it out. Yeah, you can actually can find... get the nineteen ninety Captain America on Blu-ray. Nice. If you can yeah. find clips or pictures, I would highly recommend checking that Fantastic Four out. It didn't look bad, but it looked like 90s television for sure. Uh, well, it was It was also general. like 90s television movies without a budget. Yeah, but they still managed to have a guy completely encased in rock. Right. It was weird. Yeah. That's done. I'll have to find some pictures. Yeah, but we got the 1990 Captain America movie. So uh, the director attached to it, uh, Albert Pune, uh, like a, a lot of his credits are really like either B-movie-ish or like the movies that are made after a movie to like capitalize on the subject matter. So like, uh, you know, uh, the Transformers and then there's like that movie that comes out straight to Redbox that's like Transfigurers, mm-hmm. Transmorphers, you know, like something that's clearly meant to be like the same thing mm-hmm. and to like capture those people who don't know the difference. It's written by Stephen Tolkien, who's uh, best known for the Legend of Seekers TV show. Our Captain America in that movie is Matt Salinger, who is uh, in Revenge of the Nerds. And then uh, the Good Red one. Skull from that movie, Scott Paulin, uh, actually was pretty active until 2014 and uh, was in a bunch of episodes of Castle. Interesting, but who was, which character from Revenge of the Nerds was in this? Uh, he was Burke. Which one's Burke? Is he one of the nerds uh, or one of the jocks? Uh, you know, it didn't say exactly, and I don't remember. Uh, and then I'll look it up. So, I'll look it up. You keep look it, look it up, and I'll, I'm I'm just gonna read the synopsis. I'm not gonna go over the whole thing. Uh, so during World War II, a brave patriotic American soldier undergoes experiments to become a new super soldier, Captain America, racing to Germany to sabotage the rockets of Nazi baddie Red Skull. Captain America winds up frozen until the 1990s. He reawakens to find that the Red Skull has changed identities and is now planning to kidnap the President of the United States. Ooh. Whoa. I have to say, like, I really hope that his costume wasn't made of, like, a rubberized material like it looks like, because I'm sure that would have been hell on Earth to wear. Would have chafed as bad as Eddie Murphy in Raw. <laughs> yeah. There's also the 1989 Punisher movie. Do you know about that one? Uh, that I didn't know. I knew about the ones uh, from the 2000s. I mm-hmm. didn't know about this one. Yeah, 1989 Punisher movie is directed by Mark Goldblatt, which uh, is he's mostly known for editing. And he won uh, Ace Awards for Terminator 2 and True Lies. So he's worked on a lot of like big ticket movies, Dope. and the movie was written by uh, Boaz Yakin, uh, who wrote The Rookie, Prince of Persia, and actually directed Remember the Titans. I'm sorry. Did you want me to say something to that? I thought you were going to say something. I enjoyed Remember the Titans. Would I watch it all the time? No, no, I would not. I like that one. It's a pretty good movie. I feel like it's a it's a good thing to like throw on, you know, when you're can't really decide like what to watch. That's a Disney movie, right? 
I'm pretty sure it is. I believe so, yeah. That's a good uh, movie. I would watch it, but yeah. I have watched it. I don't really need to. I anymore. mean, so like you got the the Captain America movie that's made like a year came out a year after, and it's got you know kind of like unknown names attached to it, and then you got the one year before Punisher, where you got like these kind of like bigger names, but you got uh, Dolph Lundgren who plays Frank Castle. You know Dolph Lundgren. Oh, from you know what? Rocky I do. Four. I do recall hearing about this. I've never seen it. I yeah, I, I haven't seen it all the way through, but I it, do remember what the I've Dolph seen Lundgren it is, thing. Is pretty interesting. I mean, um, Dolph Lundgren was literally in everything in the eighties, right? Oh yeah, he played yeah, He Man in the Masters of everything. the Universe. Yep, He Man. Uh, he was in like a whole bunch of just like generic action movies in the nineties, eighties. He's in the Expendables, and you know, uh, there's also Louis Gossett Jr. Who is Detective oh, yeah. Jake Berkowitz? Nice. Who is known for Roots, and then he was also Will Reeves in the most recent Watchmen series. Louis Gossett Jr. Yep, and he's he's got a lot of credits, TV and movies. And then uh, the like villain of the movie, uh, Lady Tanaka, is Kim Miori, who uh, doesn't really have a lot of credits. Oh, actually. he's from. Uh, you know what Louis Gossett Jr. is from? Digstown. Digstown. You ever seen Digstown? No. Digstown's a really good movie. It is um it stars Lewis Gossett Jr. It stars oh, what the hell's his name? James Woods. Um, <laughs> James Woods. Yeah, so James Woods gets out of prison and then he goes to a small town where his room prison mate lived and he decides to con the town. But the only okay. person worth conning in the town is the Guy who owns mostly everything. So the town's real crazy about boxing. So he yeah. gets himself into a situation where he convinces this uh, this millionaire dude who owns most of the town to do a boxing match against what he considers the best boxer in the world. Ten rounds. or Sorry, not ten rounds. Ten opponents in 24 hours that he asked that his guy's got to beat. And um, Louis Gossett Jr. plays the um, the boxer in this one. And, uh, I mean, he wasn't exactly young in this movie. He was probably in his late 40s, early 50s when this one was shot. But it was a pretty good movie. I highly recommend that one. Digs, yeah, absolutely. Digstown. Sounds good. Digs with two two G's. Digstown. I actually think right. it, it, it also has the guy who plays uh, Vigo in it from Ghostbusters. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. He doesn't talk in that one either. All right. <laughs> he's the uh, he's the, the strong silent type. He's the Diggs, in which Diggstown is named for. Um, oh, okay. he, he's an old boxer okay. who was um, basically poisoned, and now he doesn't talk. He's sort of an invalid. Unfortunate. Right. It's very kind of that's kind of depressing, but the movie in general is pretty fun to watch. Cool. Nice. Yeah, let's check it out. Nice. All right. Yeah, Sorry. and then, Continue. <laughs> and then uh, I think a lot of people know about the Hulk TV series, nineteen seventy seven to nineteen eighty two, that has uh, Bruce Banner played by Bill Bixby and the Hulk played by Lou Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno, who I believe yeah. has uh, lent his voice to the Hulk for ever. 
if I, I'm, if I'm not like mistaken. It. I'm pretty sure he's he, his voice is always included in the mirage of Hulk voice that we get. I mean, if that I don't know if that's true, but that sounds cool if it is. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. I'm pretty sure yeah. he's been doing it for years. I, he may have stopped doing it recently, but I'm pretty sure he's been that's doing possible. it. And he definitely makes a cameo in um, all the Hulk movies that have come out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's get some Eric Banner going. Continue. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. So now we arrive at you. Know, now we can talk about like the current MCU and what's been going on. So, uh, you know, we got Phase One where we're introduced to Iron Man. Hulk, Thor, Captain America, and we see the first Avengers movie. So, like, what you know, what stood out to you for those movies? Okay, he's, I think he stopped doing the Hulk voice in Age of Ultron. That was the last one he did. Gotcha. Okay, so yeah, I'm sure he, he you know, he's definitely like a bit older now. So, yeah. yeah, if he doesn't have to do it, I'm sure he wouldn't want to. Yeah, I wouldn't force him to do it you couldn't force him to do it he's the incredible hulk <laughs> right would you even want to because he looks like he's in pretty good shape <laughs> yeah uh he's much better shape than i am and that dude's like 60 of the, so so of the phase one movies what uh what do i think of them yeah yeah like you know what stood out to you what do you feel like could have been done better and for the audience, Overall, so like... okay, so for the audience at home, the Phase One movies, in case you do not remember, uh, include Iron Man, the Incredible Hulk, Iron Man Two, Thor, Captain America, and Marvel's The Avengers. So it ended with Marvel's The Avengers. What could they have done better? Yeah, um, what, what you know, what do you did you see that like maybe in hindsight could have been? I mean, the chink in the armor we know for sure is Iron Man Two. And the Incredible Hulk. Uh, what upsets me about the Incredible Hulk is that um, some of the storylines from it sort of just got forgotten. Right. Um, we only just recently saw uh, what's what's his name in Shang Chi. Uh, I forgot. Why am I blanking on that right now? Are you talking about Thunderbolt Ross? No, 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 no. no. Speaking of it, William Hurt, R.I.P. That yeah. just died recently. I'm talking about the villain. Did, yeah. What was it? What was oh, the Abomination. Yeah, the Abomination. We just recently saw him in Shang-Chi for the first time since uh, The Incredible Hulk came out. So, what is that, 12, 13 years almost mm-hmm. since we've seen him? And, and, you know, in terms of the, like, in-universe time, which is not 12 years, it's still, like, a lot of time to be, like... It's even more time, actually, giant... because it's... There's the blip. Are you acting monster? There, there's the blip that was five extra years on top of everything else. Because Shang Chi take, takes place just after the blip, right? With the exception of uh, the flashbacks. I think so. Yeah. 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 So, no, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So technically, all that, all the stuff that we're seeing right now in Phase Four is right after the blip. Far from Home was the first one, right? Uh, yeah. Homecoming was the first one. No, Far From Home was the first one after Avengers Endgame. Oh yes. Yeah. So that was the first one in. Phase or the last one of Phase Three, yes. Oh, well, f- Black Widow is in Phase Four, so technically that one is before. But Black Widow takes Black. place before Avengers Endgame. Yes. So technically, not still part of Phase Three. So very con- confusing I, it, how they I decided mean, it's to do technically that. Technically part of Phase Four. I I don't know honestly 
why that movie came out at that time. It's definitely should have come out in phase three before uh, Avengers uh, Infinity War, honestly. Yeah, probably should have come out right before Infinity War, but what are you going to do? Yeah. I think they wanted I think they wanted to separate it for I mean got we don't know what There's a lot I, obviously we have no idea why they wanted to separate it but I could take some guesses I'll probably take a guess right now and say because what developed from that movie is important for this phase as opposed to the previous phase and leaving it sit and lie in wait means they probably would have ended up forgetting it or leaving it to die. Well, like, yeah. Like a lot of what happened in The Incredible Hulk. So There's a lot of time between when that would have been released and what would have been considered Phase 4 if they put it before Infinity War. So a lot sure of time. something about keeping... Because it would have had to come out in the first half of 2018 or the latter half of 2017. Uh, and I don't even think, obviously, they hadn't even started filming by the time. They probably no. didn't even start filming until just after Endgame was over. Mm-hmm. So, that's insane to think about. But, I mean, yeah, like the Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2 were sort of the chinks in the armor for Phase 1, but they really didn't stop us. That was the, you had to, so, with I mean, with any big story, you have to set up major players. And obviously the original three were the major players. Thor, Captain America, the first Avenger, Iron Man. Even the Incredible Hulk was sort of there, but we don't call him one of the originals because technically Edward Norton played him then. And Mark Ruffalo ended up taking over for the Avengers four years later. But you have to set up major players, and and I think they did a really good job. It was really the first time that... I want to say it's the first undertaking they'd that anyone's ever done where they wanted to create a universe specifically yeah, f- specifically for the end game of just just having these players come to come together into one single story cuz what DC tried to do horrifyingly is they tried to give each of these characters their own little story and then you had and then they tried to do the team up right away and you still had more backstories to show. Like, we got... God bless Zack Snyder's cut. We got a better idea of Cyborg's backstory. And a little bit better idea of Flash's backstory. But if they had if they had kicked off a few years earlier with some, some Green Lantern and, and some other stuff that wasn't shit, they probably would have been in the same position uh, that... MC uh, yeah. that Marvel was, but the problem is they started too late, and they were trying to play catch up. Well, they were trying it, to do it quick, like if, Marvel. So you have like some some of the side characters who are there. They're there in other movies, but they don't play a gigantic role in like the team up. But in Justice League, you see like Cyborg and Flash play bigger roles than those side characters do in the Avengers. And, like, yeah, you got to give them more backstory because they're, like, the Flash plays a huge role in Justice League. Oh, yeah. He's one and of like, the founding members. You don't have any background of the, you know, cinematic universe Flash. The only one you know is 
uh, the TV show one at that point. Yeah, the Arrowverse Flash, and that they're completely separated. It's just it's a it's a prime example of what happens when business decisions get made to try and because I think I'll tell you right now. Here's what happened, and I'm going to play it out for you in a scenario. This is what happened in Warner Brothers Media Corporation's head office. A giant meeting full of all these these dudes smoking stogies with bunny ears on, specifically Bugs Bunny ears, going, mm-hmm. all right, so Disney's got the jump on us. What are we going to do to make sure that we can pump out movies with superheroes before this fed is dead? And they're like, okay, let's make a Green Lantern movie. Fuck a Green Lantern. Just put somebody stupid in it. Okay, Ryan Reynolds is available. Uh, that sounds good. Just do it. Make it as crappy as possible. You know what? Let's let's just utilize our CGI de- development a little bit better. Use all CGI on his on his costume. Let's create a, a shared universe. Let's do Batman versus Superman. Everybody loves that storyline. I I actually enjoyed that movie. Believe it or not. This is me, everyone. I'm back. Is it because your mother's name is Martha? <laughs> yeah. I liked Batman vs. Superman. I did not like a lot of it, but overall, I can I can get behind it if they had made a few tweaks. Yeah, I think, honestly, with some tweaks, it, it definitely would have been a better movie. It wasn't, um, I it think wasn't they as had... bad as I think that the critics pissed on it. <laughs> Right, I, I don't like think I think they had movie. a lot of stuff right. Like I honestly think Ben Affleck's Batman is a decent Batman. Like I was, he played a good character. Do you remember the memes that were coming out where where Christian Bale was was standing over a table looking at Ben Affleck, and people were posting things like, "If you fuck it up, I'm gonna end you." That's what Christian Bale says to Ben Affleck. Uh, and uh, honestly, he did a great job. I'm kind of yeah. mad that he left. I guess what what I'm mad about with Robert Pattinson, if I had to take a guess, in the new Batman, the Batman that he played was the Batman we should have had a while ago. Right. He's the detective Batman. That's the one that everyone loves to get behind. My My only critique about him is he was way too emo about the whole thing. Kind of, it kind of took me out of it, but he did it well enough that I was, I was drawn by the story. It didn't really matter in the long run. I guess yeah. it's, I guess, I, I guess maybe that's what they were trying to go for. Well, I think Bur- they did Bruce a good Wayne. job of characterizing the early days of Batman in the Batman. So, think, like, you got a good picture of someone who's still learning how to do the job. And, I don't know you about know, how learning it's the job. Him. I think it was, he's been doing the job for, like, two years. And he's starting to decide whether or not it's even worth it, I think. But what real, what, I think what they were trying to convey with, with the Bruce Wayne get-up, the whole emo look, was probably the uncomfortability that he... F- has with putting on a mask like that. So if well, that yeah, was think, if that was the I whole thing, that... I I gotta say bravo on that one because that's what it made me uncomfortable the whole time. Well, I think you know definitely from things you hear him say, like you know he's still he's definitely deciding whether or not it's worth it that he's making a difference that like putting himself through that and you know putting the the city in that position is working that it's working the things he's doing are working but i enjoyed the movie i enjoyed it a lot 
yeah, it was it was good. If anybody has not seen it, I would uh, me me and Ryan will uh, we'll put our where are we gonna put our uh, our mining equipment on it? Our, we'll put yeah, our hammers we'll put down our on those. Equipment on it for sure. Yeah, we'll put our uh, our stars on that one to go see. Yes, but uh, going back to Marvel. Yeah, back um, to Phase One. I I feel like the the first couple movies, while they were designed to like be their own like experience, um, because they're very like encapsulated, like Iron Man, Iron Man Two. Like you see a resolution um, where those villains are either dead or definitely not coming back, but they feel very tenuous. Like it's like the company was feeling out whether or not like they wanted to really fully commit to this. Yeah. It was Um, still Kevin Feige trying to determine whether or not this was going to be a viable solution for movies. Right. And then as soon as you get into phase two, I think uh, especially the later part of phase two, you can see that they like, okay, this is working. Uh, Now we can fully commit resources to actually putting together long-term storylines that are going to thread through, you know, multiple years. And for those who aren't aware, phase two is Iron Man 3, Thor Dark World, Captain America, the Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers Age of Ultron and Ant Man. Yeah, with Phase, with, I think they took, they hit or they hit quite a stump when they when they did um, Phase Two. Iron Man Three, uh, Iron Man Two had a sort of um, terrible, terrible villain. Um, I I don't think it was the villain so much. I think it was probably the writing, and I'm not a huge fan of Mickey Rourke. I felt I honestly felt like there's maybe too much going on. Like yeah. you have all the stuff around Tony in that movie and then you also have uh you know Mickey Rourke's character Whiplash and then you have uh the introduction you know, of Justin Hammer in there too. You have and the introduction like, of Black Widow and Iron Man too Black as well. Widow um, which is, you know, relatively small, but like, yeah, she's still in there. Important enough. I mean, important enough. I, I, I didn't feel really like that was feeling out agent or the shield a hell of a lot more in Iron Man too. We yes. learn, we learn a lot more about the organization and how it works. Iron Man three. Well, well Iron Man two would have was, didn't bother me so much. Um, in the latter half of the movie. The beginning half of the movie kind of bothered me the most, but once things started getting crazy and action packed, it was it was just as good as the first Iron Man. You just needed to get that slow start, I suppose. Yeah, I would definitely put Iron Man three ahead of Iron Man two for sure. Oh yeah, Iron Man three for sure. But I was talking about Iron Man two. The 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 that one I would I would love to see uh, Justin Hammer come back personally. Uh, yeah, maybe just because I'm a fan of Sam Rockwell, but oh, I love Sam Rockwell. He's I feel great. like he should come back in Armor Wars. I mean, we don't have any details on that yet, so uh, yeah. we could definitely see that. I would love to see that. Could could be anybody, uh, but we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Um, Thor: The Dark World, another sort of. Well, it's like um, so if you know Marvel really finds its groove. And the second half of Phase Two, um, where you get a really nice balance of 
you know, drama and action and, you know, comedy and you get really like good movies, really good experiences. Um, this movie, Thor The Dark World, really reflects kind of how DC took all of their stuff. And it's just like super, super serious. It's super dark, uh, sometimes literally. And it's just like, uh, you know, this was yeah. this was their attempt to Im- imitate uh, DC, where it was way too dark and too super serious. Not it's enough. Very, very serious. And yeah, I'm not. Can, I'm not saying I wouldn't watch it again. Very serious character. A very enjoy. Uh, enjoy all the MCU movies, but there are some movies that you prefer to watch over others. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I, I do love this movie, and there's a lot of good moments in it. But uh, it's probably near the very bottom of the list of movies I'd want to rewatch if I had a choice to. You know what's funny? Um, so this movie, just as a fun reminder for everyone, the Thor: The Dark World came out in 2013, November specifically. This is the last time that we saw Jane Foster in the MCU. It was almost 10 years ago. Yeah, and I was, like that was kind of. Um, She's oh. referenced but not shown in the next Thor. Yeah, but she's, she's Natalie Portman has not physically been in the movie since 2013. Right, but she is coming back for Lore. Uh, no, Thor Lore. Thor, uh, Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. She did, uh, I guess you could say she kind of made an appearance in Avengers Endgame. Technically, that was just reused footage from uh, Thor right. The Dark World. Yeah. But the last time we physically saw new footage of her was nine years ago. <laughs> That's a long freaking time, and it's just crazy. When yeah, I, think I mean, it. it. I guess it shows them like the the threading uh, that you were talking about a second ago. <laughs> yeah. So their um, their conviction to to have a story that runs long term um, by you know committing to a contract, you know. We don't know what's in the contract, how they got her back, and what they had to do. Uh, it really shows like their dedication to the franchise. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I could see Natalie Portman not wanting to come back and just be Jane Foster. I could see her wanting to come back and be an actual superhero. And thankfully, she's got the opportunity here. Like, Thor the Dar- after the Thor of the Dark World, you've got Captain America the Winter Soldier. This is... This is where that threading really becomes huge, because yes, at the time they were doing did. they were doing Agents of Shield at the same running parallel, alongside the MCU, and uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier was was it happened like what season two of Agents of Shield? Uh, yes, it'd be around season two. Like we got to see a little bit of what happened to Shield in the Winter Soldier. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., if you were watching at the same time, we really saw what happened to S.H.I.E.L.D. They they got dis- just demolished, and they became almost fringe, semi-demi-government, whatever you want to call it, quasi-government uh, government agency all on their own, with no one to back them. It, it became pretty crazy, and um, honestly, that, that probably for me is where I started to realize that I have to start. I have to watch everything that they come out with. Yeah, and there there are so many like little things that happen in that movie that ultimately culminate in like 
big events later. So that's when you first hear about Wakanda is in uh, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Uh, that's when the uh, UN is bombed, supposedly by Bucky. Mm. And um, T'Challa's father is killed. And uh, that's like a little thing. It's a it's a thing that happens in the movie that kind of pushes the the story forward. It's a as we love to say, uh, plot device. <laughs> yeah, but it also is putting that seed of information out there for the general public and for people who know, you know, what Wakanda is. That oh, okay, now we have something from Black Panther series in there. You know what's going to come from that? Yeah, just like we're trying to figure out what's going to happen next with just after watching, like for instance, the Loki series, where we know Kang's there. We know Kang exists now. We've seen a variant of him already, but we have no idea what's going to come from it. We're 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 on the edge of what's going to happen, like we were back when. Things like uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier and Thor the Dark World came out. We have no idea what's going to happen in Age of Ultron, but we know it's coming. Just like we know the new Ant-Man Quantumania is coming out next year, where we're going to see Kang for the very first time in all his uh, crazy glory. There's a long list of stuff that's announced that we have no details on, and that like... So when you saw the Winter Soldier, we knew Age of Ultron was coming out but we didn't know what we were getting. We knew the comic book stories that contained Ultron, but there was no hint of how it was going to take place in movie series, in the MCU. We uh, talked about Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Uh, we talked about introduction to like different areas of like the Marvel Universe and how they're starting to thread in uh, some smaller, deeper Easter eggs for, you know, stuff to come or just like fun things from like the the past of the characters. Um, but that that leads us to um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which is one of my favorite movies from the MCU. <laughs> so Guardians of the Galaxy, I love that you brought that up. It's the first movie where they in- introduce some of the first. I think actually you confuse the Winter Soldier with... Um, Civil War, because we don't see Black Panther until Civil War. Oh, yes. No, you're right. Yeah. Um, but anyway, back to Guardians of the Galaxy. That one is the first time we introduce new characters, but completely separate from what we've seen so far. Right. So they sort of they sort of reach out into their pool of wonders and, and goodies, and they grab a, a, a cast of a cast and crew of people that have nothing to do with what's happening on Earth. And this is where two divergent, um, sorry, not divergent, but two story arcs end up um, converging on each other eventually later on in um, Endgame, as well as Thor Ragnarok. It's it, And it takes years to get there, too. That's, what, that's right. what's really impressive. It's not all at once. It's, it's years in the making. Yes, yeah. And I think now, I think they're planning out something like four to ten years uh, down the road. I think they're playing so they're, out all the way to 2030 at the moment. Yeah, I mean, even beyond. So, like, you know, as far as, like, 
stuff further on, it might just be, okay, we want to bring in this character, we want to bring in this, but that might be basically what they have set for now. Um, we don't know. We have no idea. Um, and they keep it tight, tight-lipped. Yeah. And, Phase uh, you two know, is actually, sorry, uh, I apologize. You go. <laughs> I was just going to say that they um, have been doing uh, bait and switch. So they'll put something in the uh, preview for the movies that isn't actually in the movie just to get people like talking about it. And they do that uh, like pretty consistently just to keep like spoilers uh, from happening as much as they can. Oh, they even give their, their cast members fake scripts and, you know, they shoot like multiple things. Yeah. They shoot multiple takes so that they don't know which one is the right one. Right. Uh, They also do, sometimes they shoot the actors alone in front of green screens with, with other characters, but they have no idea what's going on. They did that with Mark Ruffalo a few times, I'm pretty sure. And that's that's a staggering amount of coordination. That's an impressive amount of coordination. And it and that's why about halfway through phase one is when Kevin Feige took over as as a main producer. Because you have to have someone at the helm. And uh, obviously he was the guy. Yeah. And I mean like ideally it's one person where all of the decisions are going through that to keep things consistent. Now that doesn't um, but, necessarily mean the creativity is stifled because right, as right. you, as as, we've you seen, know, it's not him being in charge of all that creativity. It's just him uh, trying to make sure that everything has a consistent tone, that everything makes sense in uh, relation to each other. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he definitely has a team of people that help him with that. I'm sure he's got a team of assistants who keep track of storylines and all sorts. Oh, yeah. But um, for him, for him, it's all about making sure that they follow a specific arc. As long as they follow that arc, it doesn't really matter. They can get as creative as they want. Yeah, as long as they're headed towards the ultimate goal and have the consistent tone. Yeah, continue. <laughs> I mean, what Guardians of the Galaxy say? was the introduction of the Infinity Stones for the Infinity no, Saga. Um, technically, you see one oh, the dark, dark in world. the first Captain America, That's and right. then you see the second one in Thor: The Dark World. Okay, but this is the um, first time they that they were basically um, throwaway things. Except for in Thor: The Dark World, but um, but in this case, this is the first time where they actually call them the Infinity Stones. Yes, this is where the collector actually tells us stones. what they are. They talk about them. Uh, this is definitely like the first part where they're setting up uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Endgame uh, storylines. Yeah, and this is where we actually get to see. Um, the villain that we saw in the post credit scene for Avengers play out on screen with actual lines and dialogue. Yes, yeah. Finally. Um, which, yeah, I remember how excited you were at the end of Avengers. Oh, yes. Uh, at the time, uh, I was pretty naive. I was like, who the hell is that? And you're like, it's Thanos, stupid. And I was like, oh, maybe <laughs> I should start reading comic books and I would know. Yeah. And then I did. Uh, and now here we are. Uh, I know it's just like uh, at this point I I can still feel like the excitement knowing like 
uh, that there was more coming. And like, I, I, I gotta say right now, I'm just like happier than a pig in shit. I'm just like, yes, this is so good. But I, 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 I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy. Avengers Age Voltron was the second second team up movie. Yes. And so they are officially a team and uh, things are happening. Yes. And we get introduced to a few new characters, some who are still around, some who are no longer around. Uh, for instance, this is the first time we see uh, Wanda Maximoff. Yes. Yes. Uh, Wanda Maximoff and her brother, Pietro. Um, and obviously we know Wanda has uh, made it all the way to the current MCU. And for any uh, of those... We also see... Sorry. Sorry. It's and for any of those who've seen the new Doctor Strange, you know what her current MCU um, status is. So, she's current. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, and and then uh, uh, Vision. Of course, Vision shows up in this one. I believe this was also the first... Uh, mention of Wakanda. Uh, yeah, I, I guess it would be since I was thinking of Civil War, and that's not until, until Phase Three. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is the first time we we get an idea of what uh, vibranium really is, um, how valuable it is, and uh, what people are willing to do to get it. Apparently, <laughs> and we get a mention of uh, Wakanda from uh, Ulysses Claw because he's in this movie. Yes, yeah, and um, don't get me wrong, he still had both hands in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yes, uh, and then uh, one of them is straight up cut off by uh, James Spader. Um, but after Age of Ultron, then we get a little bit, eh, eh, a little bit of Ant-Man, which, to tell you the truth, I think it's the only movie from the MCU I didn't see in theaters. Really? I missed it. Like I kept saying I was going to go see it, and then I missed my window. And, um, yeah, I missed it, unfortunately. Okay. But it was a standard superhero movie. It introduced us to the comic relief that we all wanted. Oh, uh, God. Because Paul mean, Rudd is a treasure. A so, anywhere you can just shoehorn Paul Rudd in is a, is a good place. Yeah, so that was the, that was the end uh, phase two, and then we get into phase three with um, a pretty big one to start phase three. Civil, yeah, start civil phase war. Three, civil war, and I have to say right away, while I think the movie is good, I'm really disappointed that this is where they use the civil war like terminology, because the comic book storyline for civil war is so good, and has so many like interesting like introspective moments for both like the MCU and just kind of like things in general um, mm. that the, it really felt kind of cheap um, the way they used it in this movie, but it is a good movie. And I did enjoy it. I would beg to differ. Although okay. I, I, right. I mean, I, I will, I will disagree with you on the fact that it was cheap the way that they used it. I think for people who were completely unaware of the comics, it was perfectly fine. It was, yeah, I mean, like, was, you know, if I, if because, I hadn't been aware of the comic book, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Let's be, let's be fair here. They haven't, they didn't introduce nearly the amount of characters that are required for what you want a Civil War well, to yes. be. Yeah, like, honestly, 
probably phase five is where I would have expected um, Civil War War to show up, just because like I think at this point we're gonna see just like a avalanche of characters show up because we have so many properties coming out. Um, there are there's a sheer number of characters that are required in order to do what Ryan believes is the right. And I mean, like honestly, they could have uh, introduced some of those characters through that storyline, but well, they would they, have had to the do question was whether more they like, actually owned those characters at the time. Right. Um, I don't think, I think they owned mostly all of them. because Spider Man did play a pretty big role in it as well, and that was an um, afterthought. We had only just like when this movie came out, we had, they had only just signed a deal with Sony. Yes, like I want to so, say the previous year, and it was like mid mid uh, mid year or something like that when they they signed a deal with Sony saying we can use Spider Man. So they ended up having to put him in after uh, post production. Uh, yes, yeah, so you found out like last minute that Spider Man was going to be in this movie. Yeah. Yeah, it was the big reveal for sure. And uh, thank God we love Spider-Man. And like I said, I like this movie. I just don't think it holds a candle to the comic book. Okay, you can have your opinion. Uh, okay, man. I do. That's just like your I, opinion, I, man. I, in fact, do have my opinion. But after uh, after Civil War, where we introduce... Black Panther's introduced in Civil War. Shit, who did we just say? Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man was introduced in Civil War. I think the Falcon was also introduced in Civil War. Uh, I'm pretty maybe? certain. Yeah, I'm pretty certain that this is the first time we see Anthony Mackie. I don't. He wasn't in. Yeah, he wasn't in. Uh, in Winter Soldier, he was in this one. Um, but then we get our first Doctor Strange right after that one. But what a Doctor Strange we got! I have yes, to. Strange. I have to admit that I didn't. I didn't know much about. Um, the Mystic Arts or or the Sorcerer Supreme at that time. No, you silly goose. He was in uh, the Winter Soldier. Who? The Falcon. Was he? Yeah. Okay, we're both mi- making mi- mistaking shit up. Yeah. Sorry, we're mix- uh, we're mixing I- movies up. <laughs> uh man, we're mixing movies up here today, guys. Yeah, but Our do- brains are just addled with. Um. Doctor Strange was was a very good movie. It was, oh, it was so visually enjoyable because of the sheer amount of CGI that went into it, and, and it's so good too. Like it's yeah. not even like um, CGI that's like okay, uh, that's definitely CGI. It's you mean like in like, Jurassic World? Yeah, raptors. Yeah, piss me the off. Raptors. Yeah, where you get like. Um, uh, just like a a hue like around the thing that's CGI'd, and you know it's like okay, yeah. and like obviously you know this stuff is CGI'd because like it couldn't possibly exist in reality, but it looks good enough that it could, mm-hmm. and like they did a good job uh, on all the visual effects for Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. After Doc- Doctor Strange, we get Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Um, and this is where things start to sort of converge. Um, we get Spider-Man Homecoming, a fantastic first outing for Spider-Man, uh, where Sony tries to throw in some of their own shit. Yeah. This is what I say. Uh, you get kind of like a throwaway at the end of that movie uh, with a interaction between 
the vulture and, the and that gargan, uh, who is the scorpion. Yeah. And the, talk about talk about all good movies. Like these are the go to movies that I see. Civil War is a is top priority for me. Doctor Strange is top priority for me. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two definitely priority for me. Spider Man Homecoming. Oh yeah. And then we Absolutely. and then we hit freaking Thor Ragnarok. I remember going to see Thor Ragnarok in in theaters with a with a buddy of mine, and. At that point, I was like, oh, I hope this Thor isn't going to suck like the last one. Yeah, I know. We didn't know what was... like. We, we saw the previews and everything, and it had like these different... It was visually um, stunning, is the visually word I would different. use. It was much brighter. Uh, but we didn't know fully what we were walking into. No. And yeah. like <laughs> Thor the Dark, the Dark World was not... So bland. It was it like... So bland. It was yeah. like... Think think of it this way: You uh, Thor: The Dark World takes place in England in the countryside during a rainstorm, where Thor: Ragnarok takes place in um, sunny Cancun, where things are bright and vibrant and full of color. And yeah. it's like, what the fuck happened? You know what happened? Taika Waititi happened. That's what happened. Uh, and thank God it did. Thank God he did because then. Then Chris Hemsworth really found his footing. I feel so bad yeah. that it took him six years to find what he. I had, know. What he had like in at him. that point, like I, if I were him, I would have been considering like dropping out. Yeah. If like that money been. or not, like if you're doing something that feels bland, you don't want to do it. No, this is when we got to meet um, the real Thor, and it was so good. Yeah, and you get like a more interesting Thor storyline. You get uh, characters like Korg, who wasn't even planned to like go on beyond this movie. Probably not. Like, I fucking love Korg. But Taika Waititi really makes it. Yeah. And then, um, and then after Thor Ragnarok, they hit us up with Black Panther. That was yes. a great movie, and uh, so sad that we're not going to see the... Uh, it's the late, it's great, such a um, you know gut punch. Chadwick uh, Boseman to lose Chadwick Boseman, who is not only a great actor but a genuinely good human being. Yeah, uh, and there's so much good in that movie, and I think I think honestly one of the things I liked most about that movie is it didn't worry about the outside like MCU too much because it doesn't reference a lot of what went on. That's probably that a storyline um, or, or, or a story framing point because you've got to have Wakanda sort of be its own thing. Yeah. And then have it join the rest of the MCU. Um, yes. You, you do have characters from outside Wakanda. They do spend time outside of Wakanda in the movie. Um, and, you, you know, you get like little moments like that, but they're not like talking about all these other things that have gone on. It's no. all about what's happening with those characters. But yeah, Black Panther was great. And that was the one that sort of uh, lobbed up Avengers Infinity War. And I, I have to say, uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War, after it was over, I can't say enough how deeply disturbed I was at the very end. 
and uh, because of how how many how sheer the sheer amount of heroes that we've grown to to love over the course of ten years or so, at that point, um, disappeared in the blink of an eye. Yeah, and I, I want to did a really good job at that the end of that movie where like they're literally turning to dust and blowing away of like the disorientation of uh, everyone who was there. It was a. Not only was it a good plot point to do, for the sheer shock value, but it sort of set us up for what ended up really happening later on, because obviously these guys, these actors aren't going to be able to play these characters forever. We know that for a fact, unless they go on to do animated sequences or they come up with some sort of deep fake technology where they can recreate a person's entire personality. And shit like that, but I mean that already exists. They've already used that. I I uh, know, but for for an, for an entire movie, I'm talking about. I mean, they definitely could. I it, know. it's absolutely plausible. It's 100 percent plausible. The question is whether or not they will do it. But it's also good to to get us prepared for what's gonna what's gonna happen eventually with some of our favorite heroes. Um, even though at the end of Endgame, I'm going to tell you right now, I was pretty shaken. Because, what, at that point, 11 years had gone by in the MCU? Yeah, yeah. And, and like, you've watched and rewatched and rewatched these movies. So these are characters that, over like, we, over. like we've said, sort of get, get under your skin. They start to feel like family at that point. And then all of a sudden, they get uh, torn right out from under you. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones style. Like, Ant-Man and the Wasp was another sort of independent kind of thing. It was just to set up the Wasp character, really. And to yeah. set up and to set up for uh, a big plot point in uh, Endgame. Captain Marvel, another big plot point in Endgame. Um, and obviously, she's going to be moving forward. And then, obviously, Sp- Spider-Man Far From Home afterwards. I enjoyed Spider-Man Far From Home. I think of the three Spider-Man trilogy movies in the MCU that we've seen, Spider-Man No Way Home, Homecoming, and then Far From Home is the third. Now I'm going to say okay. the margin is very okay. razor thin, but Far From Home was the the least favorite, in my opinion. But yeah, like I, said, I think it had some nice like moments between you know Peter and... And uh, Mary Jane, yeah, and uh, uh, Ned, but I, I think like some of the other stuff just was I don't want to say generic, but it just wasn't as memorable. It was very generic, and after that movie came out, shortly after actually, there was a big pissing match between um, Disney and Sony. Yeah, Sony said we want more money. And Disney's like, screw you, we don't need Spider-Man to keep going. You need us more than we need you. And uh, yeah, What are you going to do? Take this character that's now hugely popular. And then try and make your own movie with it? Good luck. Right. Have fun with that. Good luck. Like, you need, you need our creativity to make sure he makes money. So don't go being a dick now. And eventually they worked it out. Thank God, because... If oh, yeah. that was how Spider-Man ended, I would have been so pissed. I mean, that really would have thrown a wrench into both of their plans. I don't think it really would have ended 
with like very good for either party. I think Sony would have ended up selling it back to um, Disney at some point because they, they would point, tried yeah. to make their own thing. Although they did have the success of Into the Spider Verse, but they could only milk that for so long. Right, and uh, like that that totally throws out all of the live action stuff, basically. Yeah, so Phase 3 was uh, good from start to finish. I don't think there was a single chink in the armor on that one, personally. Yeah, I I feel like they did a very good job um, of establishing things. And, you know, yeah, besides, like, the the behind-the-scenes, like, uh, pissing matches uh, with, you know, properties and licensing and whatever bullshit. Do you know what their total, Uh, total budget for the 11 films of Phase 3 was? Uh, I'm sure it's a mind-bending amount. Uh, guesstimated at two point four five billion. Jeez. Um, and the total box office revenue from it. Yeah. Thirteen point five billion. I think they made their money back. Oh, well, they sure did. They sure did. And, for and that, and that doesn't even include like that's Scrooge uh, McDuck money. <laughs> that is Scrooge. McDuck's that doesn't include money. that doesn't include merchandising, merchandising uh, or uh, tie-ins, tie-ins, all of this stuff. This is when they just, uh, was it twenty nineteen or twenty twenty? It was twenty twenty when they decided to release Disney Plus, right? Uh, yeah, it was just becoming a thing leading into twenty twenty. Yeah. So. Uh yeah, cue the the John Cena music. Dun, 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 They're dun. making the money. Ba, 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 ba. Definitely making money. And then we reached uh, phase four, where at present we are one, two, three, four, five, five movies in to an 11 movie phase, supposedly. Supposedly. That started with Black Widow and will end with the Fantastic Four. Probably sometime at the end of 2023 or early 2024. I would guess early 2024, yeah. based on uh, I guess you know, when Um But yeah, still. we've got Black Widow, which we talked about a little bit. Uh, on like, this is where we start to see uh, some dipping into like a superhero movie also being tied into like a different kind of different movie. Genre. So like different genres. So we oh, got Black Widow, which is like hell. a spy thriller superhero oh, yeah. movie. And then right after Black Widow is uh, Shang-Chi. That's mm-hmm. a very martial arts Kung Fu movie. That we yeah. And honestly, I totally agree. Absolutely. The best choreographed fights for sure. I love watching the fights from this movie. Uh, it's fantastic. And Simu Liu, if he does any of those stunts, which I think he does. I think he does, yeah. Fantastic at them. Fantastic. And then we've got our drama epic uh, in The Eternals. Yes. Which is great. I enjoyed the movie. It's not as good as I feel like it could have been, but it still was worth it. Well, I think, um, unlike... Guardians of the Galaxy, which brought these unknown characters in and made you love them. Uh, This one sets up these unknown characters kind of as standoffish, like away from the the main show, because like they talk about, 
you know, why they aren't helping the heroes like defeat these like, uh, you know, Thanos and Ultron and all the other stuff. Um, so they can't be like this lovable character you want in everything. Uh, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to relate to them specifically. Yeah. And and this was a really I call it one of the pivot movies. It's a movie where they had to introduce some other characters, like they introduced the Black Knight, um, sort of a little bit. Kind they of, introduced the of. Celestials. Yes. Um, and obviously introducing and the, the Celestials puts us in an, in the realm of um, Galactus and the universe, universal entities as they as they sit. Yeah, large uh, universe spanning forces. Like uh, Infinity and um, Eternity, uh, Mr. Chaos and Master Order, I think. If I, am I correct in those? I can't remember what their names are. Um, I don't know about the last two, but uh, Eternity and Inf- Infinity, yeah. Yeah, uh, Living Tribunal. Living Tribunal. Um, Entropy. Some of the big ones. It's obviously the universal entities that we're going to end up seeing probably yeah. in the future. This is a this is a softball lob for them. Um, and this then, this might be something that is not fully realized until like phase six. Definitely not something way down the line. This is way way in the future. Probably four yeah. or five years down the line is when we're going to see the um, fruits of this labor. Um, and then we got the uh, the Master Chef's Kiss here, Spider Man No Way Home. Oh yes, so uh, good. By far the best movie ever uh, in the MCU. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that right now. I don't know if I would call it my favorite of the entire MCU, but it's definitely in my top five. I'd say top three for sure. I I guess I could switch depending on how I'm feeling that day, but definitely in the top three. Um, this one was masterfully done. It was action, adventure, nostalgia, um, wrapped into a multiversal uh, mindfuck, and it was just great. That's all I can I, say about it. I really feel like this characterized Spider-Man as I knew him as like a kid. Like this is like a, finally. Uh, a Spider-Man that I feel like really lives up to the comic books. Oh yeah, yeah, it was great. And then now we have our our, uh, our current MCU movie, uh, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which um, I to save people, we've we've hit horror genre at this moment. It's the first movie in the MCU that uh, is classified as a horror. Yeah, and not not to spoil anything, but there's really great moments of like horror in it that yeah. uh, you're really gonna love. If you're a fan of uh, Sam Raimi, you'll you'll see some of the nostalgic uh, Evil Dead stuff come through in a more modern superhero way. It's the, it's classic uh, Sam Raimi. So that's where we are right now. I mean. What um, what what do you want to see? What do you hope is going to show up? Are there characters that you prefer end up showing up? 
are there places yeah. that we haven't visited yet that you'd like to see happen? So I've got one of the things that we know is coming is mutants. So there's definitely going to be, um, you know, there's uh, X-Men 97, which is coming back in the upcoming Disney Plus series. There's going to be a mutant-based movie that's coming out at some point, um, probably after uh, this phase, so phase five. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really want to see is either a movie that uh, focuses around is kind of what what's going on now with the um, the powers of X, House of X, Birth of Krakoa, or um, like the founding. Uh, and tragedy of Genosha. So big, kind of big things that would be kind of like a deep dive into where mutants are, but would kind of characterize them a little bit deeper than starting at the very beginning. Um, Any particular character you'd like to see? uh, If we're talking about outside of like the core characters that we've already seen a lot, um, Mm. I would really like to see um, Prophecy come into play for um, the mutants. And for those um, who aren't she's aware. She's a character that uh, is uh, precognitive. So she can tell the future and see, you know, what could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'd be an interesting way to uh, introduce mutants is something around her character uh, or like something with Genosha uh, I I really want Maximum Carnage to be a thing that happens. Uh, That's we, unlikely. It's unlikely. It's highly unlikely. Unless, but I want it so bad. Unless um, Sony decides to play ball. Right. With um, you know, on the other hand, like something a little bit lighter, Next Wave would be great. It's you know, it's fun. It's jokey. It's like a a lighter take on superheroes so it'd be like a nice fun one-off that you know could be on the fringes because it it does have um uh photon or uh, i can't remember her her human name um marie rambeau uh is photon Mm -hmm. so she's in there she's in next wave you got uh, Robot I mean, she's Man. She's already been introduced. Yeah, she's already been introduced. Um, in WandaVision, yeah. for those who don't uh, know. Eliza her. Bloodstone. And you've got a mutant in there. Boom, boom. Uh, so you've got like a lot of characters that have and haven't been shown. And it's just like, it's fun. It's funny. It's like, it it, it makes a joke of kind of everything that happens in like superhero comic books. So it'd be hmm. like kind of a fun way to to play with it. I think a Disney plus series would be most likely in order. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, I would really like to see, uh, them bring back ghost rider and maybe not necessarily the current ghost rider, like Robbie Reyes, maybe like something new, like not Johnny blaze, not Danny catch, not Robbie Reyes, something new. It would, it would be nice to see ghost rider. Um, I'll tell you right now, there's a big thing I'd like to see. I'm going to say right now, spoiler alert for those who uh, haven't seen Multiverse of Madness, uh, about to drop major spoiler. Um, 
Fantastic Four is obviously a big thing coming uh, late 2023, early 2024. I 100% want to see John Krasinski be Reed Richards. Oh my God, yes. 100%. Yes. We got so little of him in Multiverse of Madness, but he did so well. If that contract wasn't 100% set before that movie, it better be now. Yeah, there's no way you can't you can't approach him and say, "Would you like to play him for real?" Uh, instead of just a variant of him. Yeah, uh, I would just freak out. Well, also, like they've already kind of established that most of the multiverse is going to be the same. So, like, it, if they're going universe universe, like the Doctor Strange is going to be the same person uh, doing like. To be fair, we only saw half a dozen, maybe a dozen different universes in Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, And yes, he was the same person in each of them. Uh, And so was Wanda in this case. Um, But obviously, America Chavez being and Nexus being as she is, she exists only once inside of the multiverse. Yeah. She is is 100% unique, but that's a big, big thing I'd like to see. What else I'd like to see, um, and it's been hinted at and rumored at, is uh, Namor the Submariner and the City yep. of Atlantis show up. They, um, what was the Easter egg with that? That was in. Endgame, that was really early. In Endgame, they made a a reference um, to earthquakes in the South Atlantic or off the coast of Africa. Okoye said it to, um, I want to say ScarJo, but um, Black Widow. That was actually, the, I guess, Kevin Feige revealed in an interview that had absolutely nothing to do with Namor. But, you know, he could be lying. They're, right. always, they're always lying. So it could be something that they could just be playing off of. Uh, something they dropped just because and could pretend like it, it was a real thing the whole time. there. So they could say later that it was totally planned. The only problem with Namor at present, technically Marvel owns the rights to the character, but Universal still owns the distribution rights. And not to get too technical or legal about it, but apparently that means in Hollywood... You can't make a solo movie about Namor the Submariner. He has to be part of a team-up. He cannot be the main character. Okay. So, I mean, that's easy enough, especially if the rumors are true about him showing up in Wakanda forever. Right. Where uh, Wakanda uh, discovers Atlantis and decides to, you know, get off my lawn. You know, that whole that whole <laughs> shtick. But that's one big thing that I would love to see, especially with all the rumors and the and the scenarios that could play out with that. It just add a whole a whole new span of things, and yeah, uh, I'd freak. Well, you know, there's also like a another interesting little uh, throwaway um, that happens um, in WandaVision. Uh, we see Agent Jimmy Woo show up again. Um, Randall Park. Jimmy Woo. Hmm? Park, right? It's played by yeah, Randall Park. It's Randall Park. Yeah. 
Randall Park, uh, lovely actor. He's great. Um, Jimmy Woo uh, is actually in a pretty, you know, big team up called Agents of Atlas, where Jimmy Woo has been kind of like designated the next leader of this organization, the Atlas organization. Um, and so the leader of that organization actually sets up uh, kind of like trials for him and the team that he picks uh, to test him uh, before he hands off uh, control of the organization to Jimmy. And, uh, you know, Jimmy eventually does take that mantle over and then uses the resources of this like shady organization um, to do good. And then we see heroes like uh, the human robot, uh, uh, Nemorita and um, Gorilla Man show up. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, I mean, I don't want to get too uh, crazy. We're already at like way over ninety minutes. I don't want I don't want oh, our wow. listeners to yeah. go crazy. Okay. But there's so there's a lot to talk about, obviously, and there's going to be more to talk about because they're just going to keep releasing shit after shit. Um. But yeah, that's uh, that's all we got for you today. What we'd like to see and what's happened so far. Um, join us on Stargate Sunday this week. Guess what we're doing this week, Ryan? Well, we're doing the uh, Torment of Tantalus. Yeah, my number one favorite episode from season one. Nice. The very first episode of Stargate I ever watched. Believe it or not. Oh wow! I know. What a one to start with. It's a very good episode. So. So catch us then, please. Do you know what we're brought to by today? Oh, what are we brought to by today? Uh, empty DVD cases. Um, where'd the disc go? I re- recall putting it on the table and uh, it's gone now. And this case is empty. <laughs> empty DVD cases. Empty DVD cases because they're all around the house. And nobody knows where the discs are. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All so, right. uh, yeah, catch us, uh, catch us Stargate Sundays, catch us next week for, um, um, comic book Fridays. We'll, uh, Absolutely. And uh, I think next week, uh, we'll talk about the shows. We'll talk about the, the different series that have come out. Yeah. We can go into those ones for sure. So, um, catch us on Twitter, catch us on Facebook at seven days to RSG. We uh, also are on Podchaser now. Um, so go to podchaser.com, look us up, and leave a review, leave a comment. Yeah, and we're uh, working on getting on Twitch. Uh, I think you said we were going to do, uh, what was it called? Hero? Hero Quest. We're going to play Hero, Hero Quest, Quest on Tabletop Simulator. Nice. We're going to see if we can get, and, our, get uh, our friends to do that with us. I've got a little series uh, for the. Ace Attorney Chronicles. I just finished the first case on my Twitch, uh, Ouch My Youth. Um, I stream just whenever I feel like it because I work a 40 hour job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do this as a hobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, please enjoy. Catch us. Leave a comment. Tell us what you'd like us to look at. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Um, mm. Just tell us something, please. Yeah, please. The void. Speak to us. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good week. And uh, 
We wish you seven days to rock and stone, Guardians. Rock and stone. Later. Oh boy.